TCU's 9-0, and they're rolling into Austin next week. But before we get to that, let's break down the Texas Tech game next on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I am your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, good to see you guys again. Sorry this episode's a little later on a Monday than it typically is, but we are getting it out there. Um, Matt Jennings not with us today. He typically is on Monday. He and his wife are uh, scheduled to have a baby on Monday at some point. So apparently Matt thinks that's more important than talking TCU football. Just kidding, Matt. Love you, buddy. I uh, hope you and Hannah are doing well and new baby are okay. And as someone who has a lot of experience uh, missing shows due to children, <laughs> I totally understand what you're going through. So hope that goes well. Um, but Matt will be back with us at some point during the season, I think he'll be gone today and the next Monday as well. But the Frogs, they took care of business against Texas Tech. They are now 9-0. and um, Once again, it was a stressful game. <laughs> the offense maybe had their worst performance of the year. I, I really can't think of another game. I mean, I know against Colorado they really struggled in the first half. They've had some second halves of the season where they haven't been as explosive. But it really felt like, I mean, in the middle of the third quarter, uh, on Saturday, that was really the first time all year I was sort of like, man, I think they're about to lose this football game. Like even the Oklahoma State and K-State games, I still kind of had some hope when they were down big. But midway through the third quarter, when they could not convert that fourth and four and they were still down 17-13, I was thinking to myself, oh boy, this, this might be where the magic kind of runs out. But that didn't happen. This team, they did it again, and I think, like, even though as a fan it can be tough to watch at times or it can be stressful, you have to get win football games on the road or at home. It's really difficult to get to 9-0. There's only four undefeated teams left in America. Not in the Big 12, not in the Power 5, like in the country. There's four of them. And is one of them. And I think their schedule is about to get really tough with road trips to Texas and Baylor. But you have to give your hats off to them. And, and I think one thing that's really impressed me, and we'll sort of start here, the way that they turned it on in the fourth quarter, and this is something they've done all year long. They're in a, in a run right now. You know, they had the bye week in week two. And since that SMU game, they haven't had a break. And so they've played, I guess, around week eight in a row now of games. Um, and it's it's crazy to me that they're still winning these second halves. Like they're coming alive, dominating the second half of football games, dominating the fourth quarter of football games, even though it's been a long time since this team has had a chance to get a breath. Um, and I think that's super impressive. And it obviously speaks to the job that Koskazadi's done as a strength and conditioning coach, but also just the mental toughness of this football team to push through the confidence of this team as they've stacked up wins to say, hey, chips might be down, or getting it done. So let's start on a positive note. I thought the defense was really good Saturday afternoon. Johnny Hodges had a great game. He was named Defensive Player of the Week this morning. Um, you know, they were able to slow down the run 
for the most part. I was very confused as to what Tech was doing. That's the first time, like I've heard a lot about Zach Kitley, their offensive coordinator, and he came over highly recommended from Western Kentucky. Um, he is a true like air raid guy. And the biggest example of, of that to me was in the passing game, like they ran four verticals pretty much all day long. I mean, even Baron Morton went down with an ankle injury in the first half. And so Tyler Shuck, um, who actually won that job in fall camp, he got the majority of the reps and it was just deep pass after deep pass. I mean, there was really nothing underneath, but they did a really good job against that Texas Tech passing game. Um, and that's a team that has had some success this year throwing the football. You know, they held up in the run game well, and they only gave up 24 points on the day. Seven of those were kind of in, in what we call garbage time. Um, is that last drive of the football game after the Frogs had pretty much put things away. But Baron Morton was 7-10 for 79 yards. Tyler Shuck was 9-22 for 78 yards. Um, they had 195 rush, rushing yards on the day. But Todd Brooks and, and uh, Roderick Thompson, their two main backs, had 59 yards and 46 yards, um, respectively. So a really good day for the TCU defense. I thought the secondary did their job. I thought the pass rush was there. They got a couple sacks. They got home a few times. Um, and they started out the game well, which has been a big bugaboo for them all year long. But they got a three and out. Like, honestly – it ended up flipping as the first half continued, but you couldn't have asked for a much better start. I mean, TCU got a three and out. Um, Tech punted the ball. Darius Davis takes the punt return. 82 yards for a touchdown. And then they got another stop. And TCU went down and had a nice drive going. Could not convert a fourth and one at the, 18, at the Tech 18-yard line. And then Tech scored really easily on the ensuing drive. And then it was a dogfight, really, from then on out after the game was tied at seven. But um, the defense held up really well for the most part against switching quarterbacks. And in the second half, when they had to make stops, you know, there's a fourth and two where they were able to stuff Donovan Smith on the quarterback run. Um, there was a fourth and four where they got off the field, a fourth and 18 where Travis Hodges Tomlinson had an interception. Uh, our guy, Byron Bailey, who listens frequently, it was a big day for the TCU secondary. I thought they played great. And, you know, honestly – they scored a touchdown in the third quarter to go up uh, 17-13. And even that, like that was a 50-50 ball where the receiver, whose name escapes me right now, but he just went up and made a great play. I mean, he just big-bodied the TCU DB and scored a touchdown. Um, and they converted on fourth and four right before that. But, again, like overall, they held up really well against a Tech team that's been able to put up points on people that has bothered people with their tempo, that's bothered – other teams with the risk-taking that they do, with the, the way they go for it on fourth down. They got it done. They found a way to keep the offense in that game. And it was another example of playing complementary football. That's been something that this team has really done all year long. Like on the on the weeks where the defense has struggled to start games, the offense has kind of done just enough to hang around. Um, that Oklahoma State game, the defense finally started to step up in the second half and allowed the offense to finally find their rhythm in the fourth quarter. That K-State game, offense put together a big drive right before half and gave the defense an ability to sort of reset and have a chance in the second half. Um, West Virginia, defense was struggling. Offense scored 28 points. This Tech game, offense was really struggling. 
defense, you know, holds Tech to 24 points, holds Tech to 10 points in the first half, gives them a chance to, to find a rhythm. And finally, after benefiting from some short fields and benefiting from some penalties from the Tech defense, this offense was able to put things together. In segment two, I want to talk about the offense, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. I want you guys to comment here on YouTube, or you can hit me on Twitter, at SimcoxSteven, if you're just listening to the audio podcast. What was wrong with the offense on Saturday? I would love to hear what you have to say about that. Before we do that, though, I do want to give a shout-out to one of our great sponsors, LinkedIn. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. You see it on the overlay there if you're watching on YouTube. Um, finding qualified candidates is the hardest part of running a small business. It's the most important part of running a business. You have to have people that know what they're doing. Uh, you can add your job to the hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Um, and, you know, the great thing about LinkedIn is everybody knows what it is, right? Everyone has a LinkedIn account. It's a brand name. It's something that people recognize. It's where people are looking for work. So you're going to get a great pool of candidates. And they have screening questions that are really simple. And it allows you to sort of, you know, thin things down a little bit and prioritize, okay, who do you want to talk to? Who do you want to hire? It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Okay, back here on Locked On Horn Frogs. And here in segment two, I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments. What happened to the TCU offense on Saturday? Now, in the second half, um, they found a way to clean things up and get some drives going late in the game. The first part of this to me is Quentin Johnson was apparently dealing with an ankle injury all week. We didn't really hear much about it leading up to the game, um, but he gave it a go against Tech, and he quickly took himself out of the football game. And Sonny Dyke said afterwards, I don't know exactly what his status is for Texas. If I had to guess, I'd say he's going to play. But he basically said, yeah, it was sort of a precautionary thing. He didn't feel right. So we just shut it down. Like we just said, hey, take it easy. Go take a seat. We'll be okay. And so Quentin, even though, like, one, he's been super productive this year. But even in the games where he hasn't had a lot of catches and yards, just the gravity that he that he draws on the field, like the attention comes to him and it allows these other wide receivers to have more openings, to step up and make plays, to see more man coverage. And so to me, that was part of it. Now, another huge thing in this football game was, to be honest, um, the offensive line kind of got whooped. Like I think they got beat up front in pass protection. Now the run game ended up being really good and they just kind of stuck with it. I mean, they were just sort of stubborn about it. They kept running the football. Kendra Miller ended up having 158 yards on 21 carries. Amari DiMercato, 43 yards on 11 carries. Amani Bailey did some nice things at the end of the game. Wouldn't mind seeing him get some more touches, but I understand that those two guys, DiMercato and Miller have been your bell cows all year long, but the run game in the first half wasn't super effective. I mean, they were getting yards, but there were really no explosive plays. And there were a lot of second and sevens, third and six, like long second and third down situations, third and long situations where it, it's really hard to find a way to be effective. Um, the Texas Tech defensive line was really, really good. Uh, Josiah Pierre, the junior from Florida, 
Um, he was really good on Saturday. He got to the quarterback. And that was a name I didn't know. A name I didn't know was Tyree Wilson, who is probably going to be a first-round draft pick. And, man, he was a monster. Like, he was fantastic on Saturday afternoon. Got to the quarterback. Um, you know, found ways to slow down the run game. That fourth and one at the 18 where they didn't block him. And, and my guess is that was like a read option play. And he was crashing down. And they were supposed to – Max was supposed to either hand it to Kendra or pull it. And he, he didn't really have the opportunity to do either. He handed the ball off. But Wilson crashed down so quickly and just blew that play up to where there weren't really any good options. Um, so he was great in that football game. And it was the first time this season, really, that I've seen Max look uncomfortable. He looked like he has at times the last few years where he's really indecisive. He's holding on to the ball too long. That's one thing Max could do to help this offense out is throw the ball away a little bit more. Like some of those sacks on Saturday were just, I mean, yeah, it was breakdowns and protection, but he's just holding on to the football and um, not letting it fly. And like second and 10 is better than second and 17. Third and six is better than third and 21. I know that he has the ability to escape some pressure, but sometimes you just have to live to fight another day and throw the ball in the stands and regroup and get a good play call for third down or second down and try to keep the drive going. Um, there were also just, you know, they, they ran some, some crossing patterns and just some, some stuff underneath that I don't know if he wasn't seeing that. I don't know if it was like the communication wasn't there. Like Darius Davis ran a crosser in the red zone in the first half where it looked like they had it cleared out really well. Like it was there to just dump it off to him and let him try to get up the field. I think he would have at least gotten a first down, if not a touchdown. And Max just missed him. Um, you know, he had Gunner on like a little mesh route where – it looked like, based on what he did after the play, it looked like Max wanted Gunner to go up the field. And Gunner just kept running the crossing pattern towards the sideline and it ended up with Max missing him on the throw. And then there's there's just plays where the running back kind of leaks out of the safety valve. And obviously, like on the TV angle, I can't see what's behind the running back at all times, but it just feels like, like, Max, if you just check it down to Kendra or Amari, they can at least get three or four yards and get a positive play. But instead, he's he's just locked in down the field. Um, and the other thing is he's just not using his legs as much. Like, they still use him in the designed run game, but he's not scrambling as much as he used to. But all that to say, I think it all kind of rolls into one. And part of it was the offensive line was having issues. I think Quentin not being in the lineup messed up some communication with the wide receivers and Max because the guys were playing in different roles and they typically would. Um, but overall, it just has to be consistent, has to be better. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens when they play Texas this week. I, I think part of it was they went to this game, seeing what Baylor did on the ground at Texas Tech. Baylor just ran the ball at Will against Tech. And they felt like, okay, we can do that. Like, we can run the football. Um, we got Kendra Miller. We got a good offensive line. And Tech came out, and they were stacking the box. 
and their D-line did a really good job of getting push and kind of winning the line of scrimmage. And so in the first half, they couldn't really run the ball as effectively as they wanted to, but they they just like kept pounding the rock because they felt like, all right, eventually we're going to break through, and never really did. Um, but the execution in the red zone was a killer because they had opportunities to score touchdowns where they didn't, but didn't score an offensive touchdown until the fourth quarter. And, and that drive was really like that drive where Texas Tech had 45 yards in penalties. They had the face mask on Max. That was huge because it would have been third and long, but the face mask by Tyree Wilson gave him a first down. They had the horse collar tackle on Darius Davis and then the pass interference in the end zone. And then Kendra Miller still had to like run through three guys to get a touchdown from the one. But that sort of opened up the floodgates and then they got some short fields because of the fourth down conversions that the TCU defense stopped. But I want to know what your thoughts are. What what happened to the offense? Because um, that was just a really un- uncharacteristic performance. And that obviously has to be better over the next few weeks. And they're going to play, face some good defenses and some good defensive lines with Texas and Baylor. And it's got to be more cohesive than it was on Saturday. But Max did not look super comfortable. And it was really the first time all year where you kind of saw some of the bad habits that plagued him earlier in his career. Um, when we close up shop here, I want to discuss the uh, – the fourth down decision-making by Sonny Dykes in this game. Before we do that, though, I do want to tell you about BetOnline.net. It's the number one source for betting football and basketball season that's going on right now. Uh, you can find the latest player developments, team matchup, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. You can head to their website today or just use your mobile device. Again, that is BetOnline. Great place to bet on games. Uh, TCU basketball does start tonight. The TCU women are playing right now, actually, as I'm recording this. They're playing Lipscomb in their season opener. TCU men take on Arkansas Pine Bluff this evening. So I'm I'm either going to do a bonus episode tomorrow or just a segment on the basketball team. Um, Man, the men are like, there's hype like crazy for them. And understandably, they're returning so much from that team that made it to the round of 32 and almost made it to the Sweet 16 against Arizona. Um, and so I'll, I'll sort of decide that throughout the week, but basketball is happening now as well. So we got basketball and football going on and I, I thought I would spend more time devoted to basketball, but I think early in the season, there won't be as much just because football is, is so crazy right now. I mean, they're continuing to win games, which is awesome. Um, the final thing I want to talk about today though, is the fourth down decision-making by Sonny Dykes on Saturday. So there were three decisions that they didn't convert. There was fourth and one at the Tech 18 um, on their first drive of the game that they missed. Kendra Miller got stuffed by Terry Wilson. There was a fourth and four um, when they were down 17-13 in the third quarter in the red zone where Max took a sack, and that whole play looked disjointed. And then there was a fourth and one uh, where they handed the ball to Imani Bailey, and he got stuffed. But it was at the end of the game, and like – you know, it was an, they were up 34-17 at that point. So it didn't have a huge impact on the final score. Um, or on the final result, final score. I mean, Tech ended up scoring a touchdown after that missed opportunity. I want to look at each of these individually, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it as well. The fourth and one at the Texas Tech 18 in the first drive of the game. 
I think in hindsight, you take the points there, you're up 10 nothing, and that's a great way to start the football game. And then maybe the game sort of plays out differently from there because what happened on the on the flip side of it was they didn't get it, and then Tech went down and scored a touchdown and tied the football game. But we don't look at things in hindsight. we got to talk about what it was like in the moment. In the moment, I was fine with it. I was like, all right, yeah, go for it. Go get a touchdown. Get, go 14 nothing. Offense is driving right now. Um, that was sort of a weird drive. They they hit. It looked like it was going to go three and out. They had third and seven. Max at Savion Williams on a long pass. Had a couple more plays, big plays. So it wasn't like they were methodically marching down the field, but they were able to just kind of keep the drive going. Um, it, my my bigger concern, my overall concern. I guess I maybe I should have saved this for the end, but oh well, we'll talk about it now is this team's really struggling in short yardage situations right now. Like that's, it's not so much to me, the fourth down philosophy that I'm worried about because I think he's just going to be naturally aggressive and I'm okay with that. That's who he's a minded guy who wants to put touchdowns on the board, but you got to find a way to get a yard. And I, I think teams that play primarily in the shotgun, it's hard for them to go under center. They're not comfortable. But when you're spreading out, like th- when you have these three or four wide receiver sets, but the defense still knows you're going to run the football, it just puts you at a numbers disadvantage. And and so I just – I wish they could find a better way. Like I don't know what the happy medium is. Maybe it's bringing in a tight end or a fullback. You know, sometimes they'll go to those heavier sets where they're still on the gun, but they have a lead blocker. They have more guys on, on the line. But right now, like these fourth and one, third and one situations are concerning me because they're struggling to get push. Like even even when they get it, it feels like it's Kendra getting a tough yard or two. It's not so much the offensive line just firing off the ball and moving guys. Um, I didn't have an issue with that in the moment, though, that, that decision to go for it. The fourth and four in the red zone, didn't love that. Wish they would have taken the points. Um, and I had two problems with that. One was the initial decision, and secondly, the whole play looked disjointed. I mean, Max was like directioning Darius Davis to the other side of the formation, trying to run motion. They snapped it like right as the play clock was running down, and they had challenged a spot earlier in the drive. And so they lost a timeout because they lost that challenge. So Sonny didn't want to burn the timeout, which I understand because that puts you at one timeout in the game. But it was just – it didn't work from the start. It was dead on arrival, the whole play. And it was a bad moment. And thankfully, it didn't come back to hurt them. Um, but I, I just feel like – I know, like, there's not a huge difference between a one-score game and a one-score game. But in the game where points have been a premium and your offense has really struggled, kick the field goal, go down a point. Maybe that just helps your kind of mojo, helps everybody feel better about things moving forward. And then the fourth and one – you know, at the end of the game, like I didn't have an issue with because you get that the game's over. You can basically take a knee, or if he scores a touchdown, you kind of pat onto your lead. Um, my bigger overarching issue is that I think this team's struggling just to execute in the red zone and in short yardage situations right now. And that's such a key for explosive offenses like this because you're going to get yards, you're going to move the ball in between the 20s. But where the money gets made is can you score touchdowns when you get in the red zone? Can you convert 
you know, short yardage situations where everybody knows you're going to run the football. Um, that has to get better. Big week. College game day coming to Austin. Plain Texas with a chance to go 10-0. and Facing Gary Patterson. We're going to cover it all this week on Lockdown Horn Frogs. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your